Is it cliche to say that planning for college, especially in these times, can be challenging? Sure it is. But to paraphrase a wise man, cliches earn their status because they're so obviously true. Another truism. The more you know about what really goes on behind the scenes of college admissions, the more likely it is you'll build a great list, find the right match, earn acceptance, and minimize costs. I'm Brian Eldridge, the founder of Courier College Prep and the host of Admissions to Mars. And I know that the most successful and rewarding transitions from high school to college are achieved when students are open to exploration and excited about the discovery process, because that's the mindset that cuts through the nonsense and the groupthink and allows them to go all in on choosing the schools based on the factors that truly matter most. When called upon, I help them along the way. And that's what I hope to do here. Leverage my knowledge, insights, and experience to put you, the listener, in possession of a regularly updated map of the college admissions landscape. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to the maiden broadcast of Admissions to Mars. Quick background check before I talk about what led me to launch this podcast, pun intended. I am a test prep specialist, a college counselor who holds a certificate in college admissions counseling from UCLA, and I'm also an independent educational consultant. Now, this work regularly brought me into classrooms, living rooms, auditoriums, libraries, lecture halls. I would speak at parents' nights, college planning nights, and informational seminars. I was able to connect and share what I know with audiences large and small. Until I wasn't. And I can pinpoint, as I'm sure almost all of you can, the precise weekend that pretty much everything came to an abrupt halt. On Friday, March 6th, I traveled to Rochester to visit RIT and U of R, my first two campus visits of 2020. And on a chilly, sun-filled afternoon, the tour at University of Rochester was wrapping up. We were heading to a conference room to meet with an admissions rep, and the guides were talking about spring break, which was starting that day, and about rumors they were hearing, and they joked around about not coming back, about not seeing each other until the fall, about stealing as much hand sanitizer as they could fit in their pockets. Full disclosure, I may owe that office a small bottle of Purell the next time I'm there. The best way I could try to describe the atmosphere that afternoon would be to compare it to the feeling you may sometimes get if you're outside right before a storm. That heightened awareness and sensitivity to the fact that something's coming. the feeling of being surrounded by charged particles in the air. And I was aware of what was happening throughout the world, throughout the country, um, locally, and yet I continued to make plans. Cue God laughing, I know. In two weeks, I would make my next trip down to Erie, PA to visit Gannon and Mercyhurst. Needless to say, that trip never happened. The March SAT was scheduled for Saturday the 14th, and I had wrapped up prep classes at three schools the previous week, and those students were also sharing their concerns 
that the test would be canceled. They were reading things online, they were talking to friends in other states, and these concerns turned out to be justified. I'd say about half my students who were set to take it received word that their respective test sites were closing. Some of them got word just the day before. The other half ended up being among that fortunate cohort who were able to sit without a mask for the last SAT that would be offered until August. Testing, and for that matter, every other aspect of the college admissions process had been immediately thrown off course by the pandemic. And that was almost a year ago to the day. And so I thought it made sense to start there, here, with that anniversary symmetry in play. Where are we a year later? I've been able to move off of Zoom a bit, meeting students for some SAT and ACT tutoring at a few local libraries. But this is across from one another at a large table. No meeting rooms, no conferences. I don't foresee a return anytime soon to the way I used to be able to engage with students and with their families. I maintain a very minimal presence on social media and updating the blog and resource page on my website has an admittedly limited reach. So I've thrown my proverbial hat into the proverbial podcast ring. I have been compiling my notes, organizing my thoughts, uh, building out content in the hopes of reaching, informing, and hopefully entertaining as many interested listeners as find their way here. And this is what the first few episodes will tackle. We'll look back at the last year and discuss all the upheavals and impacts the pandemic has had on college admissions. How did this current class, the class of 2021, manage testing, campus visits, the loss of activities, and all the other traditional rites of passage? How did pivoting to virtual everything impact not only their search and selection process, but their motivation and their mental health? We'll dig into the eye-popping surge in applications at selective universities, large and small. What explains the numbers? Why were there so many more? And consequently, more denials and deferrals, especially at the name brand highly selective universities. Was it all due to the absence of testing requirements? Well, test optional policy certain enabled students who had uh, lower test scores, scores outside the historical range at these schools to apply, in some cases get into them, and they may otherwise never even have considered uh, applying. But outside of that tier of schools, the numbers tell a distinctly different story. We'll take stock of where we are today. Some high schools have been open pretty much all year. Others are still hybrid, some still completely remote. I work with students making their way through all three of these environments. What's the effect on engagement, grades? Some students have access to guidance counselors, college counselors, while the rest are pretty much left to their own devices. We'll analyze the college experience for this year's freshmen. How have things evolved since last spring when suddenly everyone was attending Zoom University? 
but still paying full boat for a decidedly lesser experience. That shift has had enormous reverberations, even beyond the lawsuits and the demand for tuition reimbursements, housing refunds, tone deaf responses from deans. Not sure if you've seen the video of the NYU dean dancing to losing my religion. If you're having a good day, I suggest you don't check it out immediately. Uh, and also, we'll talk about the predictable spike in students looking into and taking gap semesters and gap years. The college experience in and of itself is varying school to school, state to state, and even program to program. This has led to more robust discussions about value. What exactly families are paying for? And is that cost worth it? Especially without the attendant campus experience. We'll try as best we can to make sense of what may lie ahead. What changes will have staying power? Will schools extend their test optional policies? Absolutely. Some already have announced that they are doing so. And I expect many more to follow suit. It's a great PR move and it's good for the rankings and good for business. I'll explain why. But that does not mean that scores won't matter. And we'll dig into those specific circumstances as well. Will testing for the SAT and ACT remain uninterrupted? Where I'm located in Western New York, the March SAT went off without a hitch. Students were able to test safely and successfully without having to cross state lines or jump through hoops. And my sincere hope is that remains the case from here on out. How much of a return to normal will it be for juniors just now embarking on the process? Since choosing a college is arguably the biggest financial decision a student and his or her family will ever make, will there be even more attention paid to return on investment? How about career placement? And to my mind, most importantly, how about those college experiences that studies have shown to have the biggest impact on a person's life? This includes finding a mentor who encourages you to pursue your goals making a meaningful connection with at least one professor or teacher that makes you excited about learning, feeling your professors care about you as a person, undertaking a long-term project or internship. I certainly hope so, because those considerations, they get drowned out by so much other noise, by rankings and an all-too-American obsession with name, brand, and prestige. And the consequence of that is the emotional toll taken when students put everything they have into four years of high school, only to have their dreams shattered as they crash land on what might as well be another planet. And that's the world of elite college admissions, where the atmosphere just doesn't support true meritocracy. No matter how qualified they may be on paper, a student's chances of getting into an ultra-competitive school have less to do with his or her efforts and considerably more to do with what's commonly referred to as institutional priorities, which is a convenient sort of catch-all term that covers a multitude of inequities when you peek behind the curtain. And peeking behind the curtain is what I like to do. And that's the reason I'm now behind this mic, to share with you the insights, resources, and strategies that can help cut through the misinformation and confusion alleviate some stress, expand your understanding of the options and pathways that are out there. 
Stick around and I guarantee you will find value in each and every episode. And yes, it's absolutely true that the competition and insanity surrounding admissions to ultra-selective schools has reached ridiculous proportions. But that is absolutely not the case at hundreds of other fantastic schools, schools where students will find their place and thrive and accomplish what they want to do, reaching the best versions of themselves. That's the goal. And there's the very real possibility that when the search is student-centered and the focus is on the criteria that truly matters, a list will include schools you may never have heard of or even considered. And that's what makes the discovery process so exciting. When the right questions are asked and the process is grounded in common sense and curiosity, self-awareness, and a clear-eyed understanding of the admissions terrain, it should never feel like you are trying to colonize another planet. All right, that's an overview of the mission. I want to thank you for letting me bend your ear a bit and share the vision I have for this podcast. I would be honored if you climbed on board and subscribed. Until next time, be good and be good at it.